Claxby Hill. We had a very long, we made Norwegian style sledging. No, no, no. We hit what else we did. Go and find her. Where are you going, Master? For a drink. Okay, you guys want anything else? Um, three butter beers and some ginger and wine, please. Six shots of giggle water. Oh, great, huh? This snake juice is basically rat poison. I've spent my whole life right here in Lackawanna County. Drink, I like it. I know, it's great, right? Another! Yeah. I can't believe they let us bring a cantina band in here. <laughs> the Bith are uh, on it tonight. <laughs> I mean, this is what, the third time we've broken into this bar to have a drink? <laughs> with oh, with society shut, with with society shutting down like you know we have to like break into a bar there's no bars yeah the joke didn't land the first two times and it didn't <laughs> i am owning this until corona <laughs> until the coronavirus ends well hey guys hi Hey, y'all. What's up? Hello. It's plural now because we have a couple uh, new faces um, joining yes. us today. Yes. Um, so you all know, you all, if, you, if you've if you been with this this long, A, we're sorry. And B. <laughs> For two whole episodes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But also, yeah, we have some guests at the guests with the, with us at the uh, Broken Into Pub. The Broken Into Pub. So, just so you know, um, we are going to end up um, kind of crowdsourcing the name of this fictional pub where all of our favorite characters have gathered. Um, haven't quite nailed that down yet, mm-hmm. but we will. Um, it's. I'm interested to see what's what's uh, what's come up with there. All right. Well, um, guest, why don't you all introduce yourselves? Tyler, you go first. Okay, cool. Um, my name's Tyler Elam, Star Wars aficionado and father of four. Life is wild. And no more. Right, right. <laughs> that force power ended. <laughs> <laughs> So how like how did you get like get into Star Wars? What tell me a little bit about well first what do you do in like real life? So uh, I'm a physician in real life. A second uh, doctor on the on the podcast. Yeah. So the joke today is two doctors, a lawyer, and a college professor walk into a bar. <laughs> <laughs> somebody somebody needs uh, to, to fill in the blank there. Uh, I specifically remember my first foray into the Star Wars world was um, I got a couple of action figures one year, the Christmas present. I think I was five. Uh, And then shortly thereafter. What year would this be? That would have been in like 1992, the same year I cried when Christian Leitner made the game-winning shot in the final game of the NCAA tournament over the UK Wildcats. The three of us do not know what you're talking about. Yay, <laughs> sports! <laughs> Is that the orange one or the Hey Arnold-shaped ball? <laughs> that's, 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 
that's 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 the round orange one. Um, so, hey, rah rah uh, for UK for political reasons. <laughs> right. Um, and, and that was shortly. I can't remember the exact year, but the first thing I ever saved money to buy, and I literally paid in pennies at Walmart. I, could, I still remember the people seething behind me in line was the digitally remastered original trilogy. Uh, so I've been a Star Wars fan since special I was edition, five. So the, the special editions? Y- yes. Yes, on VHS. Oh, uh, dang. A lot of... A lot of listeners probably wouldn't even know what that is. So, <laughs> oh gosh, yes, yes, a video cassette. Uh, I actually have video. those. Were they in a gold box? Yes. Yeah, I have yes. those. Yeah, I bought those yeah. at a yard sale a couple years back. They're still at my parents in a in a cabinet. I saw them not too long ago. That's um, awesome. Yeah, the I would first say knowing. Just knowing or, your mom, or she's very Chewy similar and to Luke. mine. Oh, yeah. You know, they she hang on to everything. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're sentimental. I mean, they, were her baby, they were her babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, right. all come from a lo- we all come from a long line of... We all come from a long line of Appalachians. I would not be surprised to see, like, church bulletins from the 1930s in our house. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. Well, Tyler, uh, I, there's a, there's another little detail of your Star Wars story that you were leaving out, and it's the, you know, those many, many blessings that you can hear in the background. <laughs> yeah, so uh, each of them has a, their name is a tribute to uh, Star Wars. So my first child, unfortunately, I, I wasn't quite uh, as in tune with my nerdy Star Wars aficionado self when she was born. Uh, her name is Bennett Rose. So the redeeming quality for me for for The Last Jedi is that they put a character named Rose in there. So thus inducting my first child into having a Star Wars name. And this was after I named my second child Ella Ray, and it's spelled R-E-Y. Of course uh, it is. My, of course right? it is. <laughs> my third son, uh, or my third child, uh, my son, his name is Finn, after FN2187. <laughs> uh, you see, he, and, like, uh, he tried to put FN2187 on the birth certificate, but his <laughs> wife wouldn't have it. Yeah, no, she, she vetoed that. <laughs> and then um we knew our fourth one was definitely going to be the last one so uh we were like well what what name could he have it has to be a star wars name all all you know three that preceded him uh had a star wars name so we we're like well what's kind of penultimate so his middle name is lucas for lucas films luke skywalker etc etc so very, um, a very fitting bow to leave on your legacy. I commend you. <laughs> I, I, I respect that. I, I respect that. Right. <laughs> All right, Dallas. Um, I, I'm currently looking behind you. For those of you who oh, yeah. see this audio medium, <laughs> something tells me that you're also a very big Star Wars fan. Yes, the actually. My wife painted that for one of my close friends. Uh, it's an oil painting of Baby Yoda. <laughs> you know, 
that's how we roll. <laughs> you have a you have a different child in the background. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Still trying to figure. I, all I'm the sorry. They can call it the out. child all they they can call it the child all they want, but it will always be Baby Yoda to me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. This is the way. Uh, <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so tell us a little bit about your story. Sure. Uh, I teach criminal justice uh, currently at a local college, but I started my Star Wars journey when I was six, maybe six or seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Back when TBS used to play like just Star Wars and Spaceballs on a constant loop. <laughs> uh, I caught the middle of one and thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my entire life. And, and then he then he saw then he saw Star Wars. Yes, then <laughs> uh, don't worry, Spaceballs is not the last on my list of Star Wars movies, but <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> it is more canonically sound than some of the new ones, but my blood pressure has to stay low. <laughs> happy but, thoughts, happy thoughts, positive, positive, positive energy, positive emotion here. Uh, after I watched that one, uh, the remastered, they brought back A New Hope in theaters, and I went and saw that thought it was fantastic and it was just off to the races i actually have an episode one baseball cap in a box uh over there oh oh, oh that's awesome Dusted off the other day does not fit anymore but <laughs> you know what like I, I wish they i still had were those episode one pepsi cans oh yeah Do you remember i remember those, those. i remember those, those. Were yeah fine. yes we, we collected those yeah i had the episode one little pog little pogs that you would get from the Pizza Hut boxes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah. But granted, I'm the young around here. Wait, wait you, don't, you don't remember pogs in general or the episode I, one pogs? I remember your pogs from that big rocket ship that you had. Yeah, I, I had a, a Apollo yeah. 11, I think, and you could oh, yeah. screw the top yeah. of it off. You had to collect it in pieces from Burger King, I think. Nice. But I, you guys got to remember, I'm the youngin around here. I like did not live through the entire '90s. Lord have mercy, the youngin. You're you're Eastern Kentucky showing through. <laughs> well, I, I can't really talk. I led that off with Lord have mercy. <laughs> this water just turned to sweet tea all of a sudden. It's weird. <laughs> uh, well, well Co- Cody, I'm gonna do my Star Wars story now so that we can end on a high note. If anyone's listening in on this and they actually, <laughs> actually, so I, okay, I do, I do like Star Wars. Uh, however, um, you have black hair and a lightning shaped scar. So, I mean, we know where your loyalties lie. And I would be remiss if I did not bring it up every it <laughs> Harry Potter is my Star Wars. It's my yeah. dive into the lore um, read all of the articles, like research all the movies that are coming out. But I do vividly remember um, Dad borrowed the um, episodes four, five, and six from um, a guy that he worked with, and we would watch it. Like that's kind of a bonding thing that we did. And I can vividly remember. I'm a strange. I I am slash was a strange, strange child. 
but I, I would fight, I would do like headstands in the living room to fight sleep so that I could stay <laughs> up and watch them. <laughs> but I did, I, I, I enjoyed them. Um, I've enjoyed every Star Wars movie that I've seen. Um, I think the latter ones, I, I jumped in just to see what all the um, commotion was about. Uh, <laughs> to Dallas. <laughs> um, but Dallas I, is I, a resident curmudgeon here. <laughs> yes. Very much so. Um, I, I enjoy them. I, I can guarantee, I, I haven't named any of my children after them. Uh, I mean, but the, but there is no judgment. There is no shade. My daughter's name is Jenny, and my cat's name is Weasley. So I've named my children after it, Harry Potter characters. And no matter what he tells me, I do not believe him that it was unintentional. <laughs> well, um. we, we, Weasley came first, so the Jenny was a happy intentional accident. Yes. <laughs> All right. Cody, dear brother of mine. All right. So I think we should I think we should start this off with let's set the original trilogy aside. Okay, first, what is your favorite Star Wars movie? Hmm. What is the, the movie Jedi. you find yourself returning to the most? Tyler, Return you said Return of the, of the Jedi? Jedi? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Empire is probably my favorite. Mm, yeah, that's such a basic answer, but you know. <laughs> oh, shots fired! <laughs> all right, it's the first one I'd watched like all the way through, so it's that's incredible. fair. That's fair. William, uh, pass. Come back to me. Okay. <laughs> all right. So uh, for me, and this kind of leads into my Star Wars story because I just realized I did not tell my Star Wars story. Um, mine is Revenge of the Sith. I am a child of the prequels. They, I was 7, 10, and 13 when those movies came out, respectively. And 13 years old, Revenge of the Sith, you're old enough to understand what is going on. You're intelligent enough to just devour the lore and devour the bigger themes, bigger things about it. And also, that was like the height of DVD, and so I just blew through those <laughs> DVDs and those VHS tapes <laughs> so much. I am still mad to this day, though. I have all five VHS-released Star Wars movies on VHS. I have, the Fant I have A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Phantom Menace, and Attack of the Clones. I am still so mad that they never did a VHS release of Episode Three. I just for my completionist ADD sake <laughs> for continuity's sake <laughs> yes I so am still only, so we need to find like a flea market bootleg just to be able to <laughs> round it out. So, no so, joke so, I've literally thought about recording Revenge of the Sith on a blank VHS tape so confession <laughs> the only copy I ever owned of Revenge of the Sith before I had the box set of the complete first six uh, was a bootleg copy purchased significantly uh, a, a significant amount of time before it was released in theaters in Chinatown in New York. <laughs> you could see some people walking at the bottom of the screen, you know, 
<laughs> I've I've only there experienced were some, there were some numbers and some timekeeping at the bottom of the screen as well. <laughs> <laughs> I I and I'll be honest. I'll be honest, watching that timer was more stimulating than watching Hayden Christensen ever. <laughs> Ouch. 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 But, well, so the most interesting part of that story has been watching your face, Cody, the lawyer, hearing him talk about a bootlegged video, <laughs> and written all over your face was, I wish I could have that. <laughs> 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 okay Ew. okay we will talk about the prequels and all of their faults and all of their thing but to me the prequels were my era they were my star wars they were they were the star wars that i grew up with i remember distinctively being disappointed in the original trilogy for how bad the special effects were um as a young child as a seven-year-old <laughs> no, it was more the 11, 12, 13-year-old as I was devouring all of the bonus features. and Oh, yeah, as your 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 knowledge in computer graphics grew uh, by 11. <laughs> yeah, clearly, uh... clearly. <laughs> but, like, I remember just watching, because there was the original trilogy on DVD. Like, I rented the VHS from Movie Gallery of all places, you know, a hundred times. A hundred times. And I, I rented them. I went through them. Um, absolutely loved, loved the original trilogy. And then I, then for Christmas of 2004, my first cop, my first, my copies of the movies were the 2004 DVD releases mm. um, with the gold packaging in the full screen four three ratio because it was before <laughs> uh, tele all televisions became widescreen. Yep. Which I was so mad because it cut off part of the title crawl. The opening oh, crawl. No. Yeah. Like bits Ooh, I didn't of the think opening. about that. Yeah, bits of the opening crawl were cut off. And now to this day, they are still the only copies that I own. I never bought the Blu-rays. Hmm. Really? Uh, Wait, of the prequels. Of the originals. Oh, hmm. oh, okay. Uh, of the of the originals. I plan on getting the Blu-rays. Like I plan on getting the full nine episode saga set on Blu-ray. Um, just to have the big box, the big box set of all nine of the Skywalker films, and you know, I devoured them. I watched all of the behind-the-scene documentaries, and you know, it was on that 2004 DVD release, and it's actually on Disney Plus right now. Is the documentary Empire of Dreams, which was like a three-hour-long documentary of George Lucas's story in making the original Star Wars trilogy. Um, right. It was the thing that just made me go, okay, not only am I a fan of this saga, I am a fan of the man of George Lucas. <laughs> the man. And it's just this, the, the story that he went through and the things that he he gone through. And so, like, you know... As I grew up and as I grew older and as the, you know, hatred of sand became more and more evident, you know, within the, pre within the prequels and the flaws of the prequels became more evident as my, uh, my brain became a bit more mature and, you know, technical, in technical movie making, 
I still just go back and think, you know, these were his movies. Technical movie he making. made them. Script writing. <laughs> character development. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> sorry. sorry i'm gonna leave if you're just gonna if, you, if this is just going to be the prequel roast hour okay no 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 no, no, no. keep going keep going keep going like, like i'm just gonna leave okay um, here, here here is my peace offering i okay. think if i if i reflect back on my childhood up until then it may be the phantom menace as your okay. number one as as the one <clears throat> okay caveat it is by far and away not the best made movie in existence but as far as the one that it, it, i think it was a pod racing really like there were elements of that movie that just enraptured me as a kid that there being was... said watching it with grown up eyes <laughs> <sighs> Misa's still recovering from the introduction of Jaja Binks, which is a, a perfectly good sci-fi trilogy at that point in time. Oh, the uh, this the full-blown, no holds barred stereotype portrayals in that movie were and are painful to watch. Yeah, the Nemoidians. Um, mm -hmm. The Nemoidians, um, whatever Anakin's owner's name was, the Rotodarians. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you you coded. You're a child of the prequels. I yes, I'm very is, much. I is nostalgia. I'm tr think objectively. Is nostalgia obscure? clouding your judgment in a lot of ways yes i will fully represent all of the flaws that are in the prequels like okay. i will i will i will consent i will consent to you that the that the flaws are there because ultimately what happened with the prequel trilogy was the with the prequel trilogy is that no one said no to george lucas <laughs> during that entire series because he independently owned and operated Lucasfilm. Um, he, the buck stopped with him. He financed all of the movies himself. Um, he, financed all the, he financed all the movies himself. The reason why there's so much Star Wars merchandise out there, the reason why the, it is, is because all that merchandise goes into funding the next movie. Because he's not getting some sort of studio bankroller. He wasn't getting some, some sort of studio bankroller here. Like, George always had this fiercely independent system, independent straight, because he didn't want to make studio movies. He wanted to make the movies that he wanted to make. Mm. Um, he wanted to make the movies he wanted to make. And ultimately, the reason why he sold was because he wanted to get back to making movies he wanted to make, but those movies weren't going to make money. Um, they yeah. weren't going to make money. So he greenlight seven. He knew what his cash cow was. It was Star Wars and Indiana Jones, but mostly Star Wars. And so he he sold. And I will never forget on October 30th, 2012. Oh. <laughs> like uh, on October 30th, 2012. Like 
you know, I was what like I was um I was it was I was sitting there in my junior year, my my junior year college dorm, and I I was just I get a notification. I get a notification on Twitter. Lucasfilm sells to Disney for $4.05 billion. And my jaw hit the floor. <laughs> episode 7 is coming. Lucasfilm sold to Disney. Episode 7 is coming. I listen to every podcast, geek podcast <laughs> imaginable. And it's just like... No, oh, I led you to this day. And it just like <laughs> it reinvigorated because after 2005, after Revenge of the Sith, I would revisit it from time to time. But you know, it's like Star Wars was done. And if I had told everybody, if I told, if you had asked me before 2012, should they make episode seven, I would have said no, no, leave that after story to the books, leave that after story to the comics. But at the end of the day, Return of the Jedi has the greatest happy ending of all time of any saga ever on fire with teddy bears <laughs> <laughs> like, okay okay dallas as a purveyor of said books yes that uh extensively chronicled what happened after episode six that disney started a giant dumpster fire for and threw them one by one <laughs> So many years are just gone. Of my They're life. not gone, okay? They're gone. I mean, they did Those pick up some of the partially burned books that they threw in that proverbial fire and tried to bring them back into the canon. Which makes a, it more a, confusing a in my mind. How am I supposed <laughs> to know which Thrawn is the real Thrawn now? <laughs> well, the real uh, they're Thrawn, both fictional. stand up. Not in here. Not in here. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, p picking up the burned, singed, tattered pages of these books, do you feel like this, is it the sequel trilogy? Is that what we're referring to it as? Yes. Okay, so do you do you feel like when you're quote-unquote reading through the sequel trilogy that you're reading through like nine different books that have been burned, their pieces have been gathered, and then taped back together and oh, tried absolutely. to... <laughs> This is Frankenstein's monster if he flunked out of grade school and he decided to try to build a monster out of all these books he found. It's terrible. I, I was saying this on off I was saying this on um, off screenville whenever we were uh, when, before we started recording. Uh, but my approach to the Disney Star Wars because I, I think I've made my evident love of George Lucas. Man, my evident man crush on George Lucas quite known is Very that clear. Yes. everything <laughs> everything from the Disney era to me is what the expanded universe of old is now like the canon to me is episodes one through six and the Clone oh, okay. Wars it is Clone Wars and so from this point forward I am just going to pick and choose what I like and there's just going to be okay. parts of it that's that's interesting. So, George Lucas, uh, from from what I understand, this vast universe of expanded like books and like prequels and anthologies and and sequels, he would like like stamp a giant approve stamp on or deny, but he didn't write it. He didn't write it, nor did he consider the old expanded universe canon. 
Like, he always wielded the veto pen. Gotcha. Um, if he wanted to override the story, the Clone Wars was a, the Clone Wars cartoon was a giant exercise. Which, by the way, the Clone Wars cartoon vindicates the prequels. I don't care what y'all say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it vindicates the prequels because, at the end of the day, for me, I am a lawyer to this day because of good old Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> when I realized at 13, oh, oh. yeah, everybody's hero. Wow, oh, dear. yeah, <laughs> you know, the main character of Star Wars <laughs> throughout all well, nine films. Well, kind of, you're not I mean, wrong. Some, yeah. Do you but have I some remember grandchildren somewhere. I remember, <laughs> like, what I was listening to the episode three commentary and George Lucas talking about this idea of a fall of a republic and the idea that democracy could fall to tyranny. And, you know, my 13-year-old brain goes, what? That can happen? And honestly, that kind of in part set me on the path to be like a lawyer and an advocate and like a like defender of democracy. Like, hey, you named four of your kids after Star Wars characters, so. That's <laughs> <laughs> the room to talk. And you want to follow in the footsteps of Palpatine. <laughs> I mean, he is my political icon here. <laughs> I guess I wanted to be a bounty hunter, so we all picked weird people to be. <laughs> <laughs> and William wanted to be Madame Prom- Pomfrey. And to be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's. Yeah, I, I. That's not an insult. If that meant it was meant to be one, that is not an insult. She's pretty agile on a broom, you know. No, I. I think I can. I connected most with the the Jedi and like the you know being able to levitate things and move things. So really, I wanted to be a wizard, and that's as close as you could get in your your little space fantasy. So space I, wizards. I was like, so okay, I'll play along. <laughs> but yeah like uh, honestly i just like yeah i fell in love with this i fell in love with the saga and so from this point on as we kind of dive into the disney canon i i just pick and choose what i like and what i don't like because at the end of the day they're all movies they're all fictional and so there's no like you were like you were saying before these are like like movie entries into the expanded universe yes Yes. They're just ancillary they're floating around the one through six canon. Okay. They're, they're ancillary floating around the one through six canon because at the end of the day, I can't vest my emotional well-being on movies. <laughs> I have. <laughs> and I'm in a deep depression. And it, it's, it's clear because your 1.30 a.m. commentary on the rise of Skywalker. <laughs> Dallas, you're, you're, one, you're one of my longest, dearest, and closest friends, but I put my phone on Do Not Disturb last night. <laughs> oh, I figured. I was like, this would be great for them to wake up to. Oh, well, unfortunately, I, I did not do so. Amused. At about 1230, he woke me up. You were very amused, Tyler. Yeah, I was awake and very amused. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I had valid questions as to what was going on. I I don't care what anyone says at all. The Carrie Poppins scene is, for, <laughs> yes. is forever yes. cemented as canon in my brain. <laughs> the, 
Um, for those of you who may not know the lingo, the Carrie Poppins scene was the moment where Carrie Fisher, aka Princess Leia, was floating through space in The Last Jedi. And... I yelled in the theater during that part. <laughs> <laughs> you you yelled? Yeah, I like, did. You, you exclaimed it was just an utterance of pure joy, right? No, I went, come on! And everybody <laughs> stared at me. It was terrible. I woke up the guy beside me. Uh, <laughs> but like... I don't care what y'all say, but Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher gave, I'm going to say it, hot take, the best performances of their career in the sequel trilogy. I'm going to say, I'm going to say they gave the best performances of their career in the sequel trilogy, especially Carrie Fisher in episode eight. Okay, okay, that I'll give you. But didn't Mark Hamill have like fundamental like disagreements with the direction they took Luke in eight. He he did, but he also gave a hundred and ten percent in spite of that. Oh yeah, I like, agree with that. I feel like yeah, his he gave a hundred and ten percent in spite of that, and you could tell, you could tell, like you could tell that he had had disagreements with that, and all the problems I had with Luke, like Luke Skywalker. I love how this is becoming group therapy session on the <laughs> uh, 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 on the sequel trilogy. By the way. <laughs> Well, I, like, we need to, okay, you finish, Cody, but we need to turn Dallas loose because if he keeps chewing on his headphone cord, he's going to bite through it <laughs> and his audio is going to be gone. I've shocked myself <laughs> twice. So at the end of the day with Luke Skywalker, the thing that I needed from the rise of Skywalker was a Luke Skywalker as we knew him moment from the original trilogy because I completely understood why in The Last Jedi he was cynical. Because I'm a child of the prequels, the Jedi did fall. The Jedi did fail. It was the Jedi's fault. Palpatine just kind of nudged them, nudged them in that direction. Yeah, uh, they, they were corrupt. Like you know, Ryan Johnson understood the prequels and brought that into the Last Jedi. And so I had no problem with Luke being cynical. Had a big, I had a bit of a problem with him. Like you know. Luke Skywalker, the 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 guy who redeemed child killing Vader, um, the guy who redeemed child killing Vader, losing hope on his nephew, like there was just they they I don't think they adequately showed why Ben was so dark that even Luke Skywalker would give would give up on him. I do not think they 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 appropriately went there, but I completely get why he was just like the Jedi needed to go. We were done here, and I. I failed, and then I'm telling you what, the force projection moment when they're on, the force projection moment when we're on crate, and Luke Skywalker comes in and flipping saves the day was amazing. Okay, and now, then- was that the, was that the Himalayan sea salt planet? Yes, yes. Okay. okay. And, um, <laughs> and then, so with him dying and him becoming a force ghost, when she goes back to Oct- when when Ray goes back to Octu and he catches the lightsaber and and he pulls the X-wing out of the water, I'm just like, that's the Luke Skywalker that I needed. That's the Luke Skywalker. I got it. I'm good now. Disney, do whatever. Like, <laughs> Disney, Disney, do do just do do your thing. Um, but go on, Dallas. <laughs> <sighs> I don't know. If my blood pressure can stand it. I, <laughs> I, I, maybe I 
have idolized a past Star Wars that never lived. And this just shattered my world. I don't know. But I felt like the last three were horrible. Horrible, horrible, horrible. <laughs> um, hey, hey, you're you're a little un- unclear. Did did you like them or no? <laughs> Um, no. <laughs> so, <laughs> they... So, are are we talking about, like, you didn't like them from, like, episode 7 on? Or did you like 7? Did you hate 8? Did, 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 did it retroactively make you hate 7? Like... No, I went into 7 with an open mind. But whenever 7 was just a redo of episode 4 with a Death Star part 2, the sequel on a planet now and revamping like it was just too much of the same they just took a blender took the old stuff blended it and tried to spoon feed it back out and pretending like it was something new and i did not like that so for me i needed that repeat death star story to come back because i think Episodes one, two, and three are the skid mark on the underpants of Star Wars history. <laughs> so I needed something, some sort of redeeming quality. I needed to be reminded, oh yeah, that's where we're at. But in my opinion, the episode seven, eight, and nine, seven was great. Eight was your typical second in a trilogy. And again, I'm not an Empire fan either. So, uh, and then I thought, for me, the episode nine was a glowing tribute to Carrie Fisher. And I, as long as I look at it that way, I really, really appreciate it. Um, but of the, of the newest trilogy, I feel like seven was the strongest. But. Oh, I, I mean, I would agree, especially about seven, because it's with a lot of these franchises that start out as books and then they're adapted to movies, you know, the story going into it. And I, I, I thought I did not know the story of the force awakens when I went in there, when I left, I'm like, Oh, I've seen that before. I mean, some of the, like a lot of the same beats from episode four, like, Oh no, the bad guys have, have built a, uh, a weapon with enough firepower to destroy an entire planet that looks like a celestial body orbiting around in space. <laughs> oh, we have we have plans to save it, and we're going to put it on a droid and land that droid on a desert planet. It's going to be picked up by this rough and tumble scavenger who doesn't a, know their parents. I, I who, think JJ relied too on much a on similar planet. beats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think JJ relied too much on the similar beats, but also George Lucas did rhyme himself as well. Episode one follows a lot of the same beats of episode four as well. Yeah, you're um, wrong. Okay. I mean, they go, they, you know, in episode one, it's not a Death Star, but it's a battle station that has to be blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, they, the mentor dies in the first one. And when I saw that Han Solo was going to be the mentor, I'm just like, please cut, no. Please. <laughs> 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 like, I, this is this is the first act of a Star Wars trilogy. I know what's coming. Oh, by the way, I just want to revel in the fact that whoever thought it was a good idea to name the death scene of Qui Gon in Episode One Qui Gon of the on the soundtrack, name that track 
Qui-Gon's Noble end and release it three months before the movie, I hope they got fired. (laughs) 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 Like, whoever thought that was a good idea? But it's like, so there's a lot of rhyming beats. And so I never had a problem with The Force Awakens. Like, The Force Awakens being that very sort of, like, they were restarting it. Mm-hmm. They they were restarting the franchise. Lauren Santeca, the old guy that um, the the old guy that uh, Poe was talking to on Jakku before Kylo kills him, at the very beginning the very beginning of the movie, you yeah. know they say these this should make things right, you know. Child of the prequels, though I am, I think JJ's task was to bring people back into the fold that may have been disenfranchised with the prequels. So they were trying to play something safe. But here's here's the reality of it is is that the worst fans are Star Wars fans, like, and so everyone was like, oh, the prequels were too different, the prequels were so bad, and so JJ tried to play it safe, and then everyone I, was. I think like, I would have agreed with you until the Fantastic Beast movies came out. Well, you're starting to see our psychosis that's been around for twenty years. Uh, uh, listen, I grew up <laughs> with all these books that went on to tell other tales, you know, like what Luke went on to do and what Leia went on to do politically and what Boba Fett went on to do. And even all the way to like the old Republic, like there were other stories. It wasn't just a constant loop of the same story. They took that from me. The Ah. problem with, well, I mean, but even then in those old books, how many Imperial admirals did they had to fight that tried to take over? Like the empire was until the Yuzhan Vaughn invasion, the empire was Bless still you. this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the Yuzhan Vaughn invasion, um, the New Jedi Order was this sort of like reset of the Star Wars universe. I, where... I really, I really don't need to know. It, it, yeah, it's okay. I, this is you more for our fi- it's this is this is more for our fictional. This is more for our fictional audience. Um, the, uh, the U- all, all two of them that are listening. Hi, yes. Mom. <laughs> but like the Yuzhan Vaughn invasion was this sort of like reset where they had a threat from outside the galaxy come in. Mm. Because for a long time in those books, it was like this Imperial Warlord came back. This Imperial Warlord tries to reestablish the Empire. This Imperial Warlord tried to establish the Empire and reestablish the Empire. And then, you know, ultimately they were just like, okay, this is getting a little tired out. This is getting a little played out. Um, so there was still a lot of that in the old expanded universe. Thrawn was just a unique character. Like, Thrawn was a unique character in in Star Wars. Heck, they even brought back a Palpatine clone in the in those old books. The Thrawn trilogy and, was great, in my opinion. Absolutely it was. The Thrawn trilogy is great. Like it's great. It, it's a great novel, but it would not have made a good trilogy a good movie trilogy, in my opinion. I don't need it to be a movie. I just need it to be real again. But it's not real even in this fictional world that we're talking about. <laughs> it's like it's like Pluto. You know? Yeah, uh, it's like Pluto if the original solar system was made up to begin with. Now it's <laughs> it's not real two two times I, I, removed. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Side tangent. But until a red red haired woman with a magic bus tells me that Pluto's not a planet, Pluto will always be a planet in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, I Dallas, I have a question for you. What did what happened to Luke and Leia in the books? 
in the books, like they go on, Luke establishes a new Jedi Academy. Leia becomes a major political player in rebuilding the Republic. Uh, so there's all of this kind of details on both sides of the political side of things and the Jedi side of things and the war side of things. And they end up having children and it just, I don't know. I feel like they took more risks with all of that. They would go on tangents with random characters and other people became important and it didn't just, I feel like the last three movies tried too hard to keep it in the family. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem like with the books though, was that, and this is the problem with the books now and the books then there's too many of them. Like they, (laughs) the problem is it becomes this such unapproachable thing that this, this unapproachable thing that, you know, at one point, like I remember picking up like the legacy of the Jedi books, which are set like 45 years and 85 year old Luke Skywalker is having to save the galaxy yet again Mm. um, because they were too afraid to move past Han, Luke, and Leia. Um, there yeah, was just, do you, there was do you think? What do you think that that's a risk? Sorry, this is. I mean, this is still on Star Wars, but kind of broadening that discussion there. Do you think that that's a risk with any franchise that continues to add material to their lexicon that eventually it'll grow to the point where it's just not approachable anymore? Yeah, absolutely. Comics deal with this all the time. Is that why they continually like, have to like reboot and get new writers and? Yes, Tyler, you've been silent for the last little bit. Uh, what are your, What are your thoughts? Oh, I mean, as far as the I guess I'll call them the non canonical literature in the Star What's Wars universe. Um, <laughs> it, it does get to a point where it is so broad that there's it lacks a certain fluidity, and once that occurs then it's just overwhelming. And I mean, I, I think you do have to have some sort of canon uh, so it's not overwhelming. Uh, but spinoffs are okay as long as they connect to that basic canon. But I mean, the, the non-canonical books are just, there's just so many. Like you have, there's there's really like star wars has attempted something that not even marvel has tried and that is make everything canon like everything in the disney canon from the star wars book from the books the comics the tv shows to the movies like everything here is supposed to count so like but but like everything that happened post disney's acquisition everything happened the only thing that carried took over <laughs> everything that carried over from the only things that carried over from the Lucas era was episodes one through six, the Clone Wars, and like one Dark Horse comics that was based off of a Clone War script. Um, and so that was the only thing to carry over into it. And then everything from this point forward was supposed to be canon. And in my opinion, that was a good move, at least in, uh, that that was a good move, at least initially. 
So what did they do with the rest of it? Was it like the your senile grandfather who still thinks he's a vaudeville performer and you just pat him on the head and go, oh, that's nice. That's nice. They're okay. there. Okay. Yeah, they're there. Hey, don't don't insult Dallas <laughs> like that. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, I'm not saying that's what I've done to it. It's just, it is that what <laughs> Disney, well, the Empire, has, has been, done to it? Quote, it has been rebranded as Legends. And so you can go back and you can revisit the books. They'll still publish the books. They're just saying, these are good stories, but we're going in a different direction now. Mm, okay. We're, go- we're, going in a diff- we're going in a different direction now because the mass audience cannot be expected to read this much material. The New Jedi Order alone is 19 books. Like, yeah. They were great. <laughs> <laughs> Chewie died. You don't kill the family dog. <laughs> Hey, he didn't fall down a hole, so we know he died. In the new Star Wars, if you fall down a hole, guaranteed you're going to live. So, okay, I I have a bit of a question, because we've we've been going for almost an hour, which is insane. But where, we can go around the horn here, where do do each of you, maybe I should have, like, posed this question uh, before we started, but where do each of you want Disney to take Star Wars now? Is there, a sto- is there a story from, uh, completely open-ended, you don't have to follow this, but like, is there a story from canon that you feel like has enough meat to be a new trilogy? Do you, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I am legitimately curious. So I really like where Disney is currently. I think the Mandalorian is very strong. But yes. where they've picked up where they've picked up where Clone Wars left off, I think they're doing a fantastic job. Yes. I literally cannot wait until Fridays. I couldn't wait till Fridays when the Mandalorian was in its season one. Can't wait for the second season. But now Clone Wars episodes are dropping every Friday. So um, um I I, I I like where they're at, but what I want to see, I am a huge fan of Rebels. I want to see yes. Ahsoka and Sabine go after Ezra. I want I want more Ezra from Star Wars Rebels. All right. So okay. Now I, I'm going to say, William, you've never watched the animated shows? I have not. No. Okay. Dallas, where are you at? I think season three of Clone Wars. Okay. Okay. So you, only me and Tyler have have touched Rebels. So, um... Ooh, so this is, this is dangerous territory. Like, there could be spoilers. Yes. Yes. And so, well, spoiler alert, but this has been common, not, this is common news now. So Katano, Anakin Skywalker's apprentice, is going to be in The Mandalorian as Rosario, as played by Rosario Dawson. Um, right. I, I mean, she's a class A actor, so I assume that's a good thing? Yes. Yes. Because okay. I, I'll talk about kind of where I want Star Wars to go. So well, first, Kevin, I, have, I, have a question, I have a question for Tyler first. Um, Rebels, where is that set? So that Rebels is set after 
between episodes three and four. Right? Oh, the, the rebellion. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you would like the existing canon to be fleshed out? Yeah. If you would. Okay. I think there's okay. plenty of fleshing out uh, to be done. Uh, like I loved Rogue One. It was fleshing out, you know? That was a fantastic uh, Rogue One was great. Right. <laughs> oh, like there's, there's plenty to flesh out uh, without necessarily veering off of canon. Call me a purist, but there's plenty, plenty to you be can, fleshed out. You can dance around the Skywalkers, but you don't have to tell the Skywalker story. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to grab Luke's hand. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are stories there. So, like, ultimately, Kevin Feige is the head honcho grand poobah of all things Marvel. Mm-hmm. Give Dave Filoni Star Wars. I Dave agree. Filoni, the executive producer of both Clone Wars, the, the guy, the showrunner of Clone Wars, uh, who trained under George Lucas, who knows Star Wars, at, who, like, was at the feet of George Lucas. Um... He did Rebels. He was he was a, had a direct hand in the Mandalorian alongside John Favreau. Basically, he's now taking the Lucas role with John Favreau in the Mandalorian. Like he's training John Favreau in the Mandalorian, and that's why the Mandalorian was so good. Because I think Dave Filoni, out of everyone there in Star Wars, I think Dave Filoni gets it the most. I think he gets what makes it special. I think he gets that Lucas charm, that Lucas touch that made Star Wars so special to begin with, even if it may have veered a little off track in the prequels. Because what made the Clone Wars so good was that George Lucas was in the role that he was in the original trilogy, which was the the head honcho, but he wasn't the micromanager. He gotcha. had to delegate. He had to, You can't micromanage TV like you can a film. And that's what made Clone Wars so special is that George Lucas's direct hand was involved in it. But, you know, the weaknesses that George Lucas has as a filmmaker were made done, were, were, were wiped away thanks to stronger voices that, he, that was put in. And that's what made Clone Wars so good. So really, let Dave Filoni just go. Like, <laughs> let Dave Filoni just go and I'm happy. Any project with Dave Filoni, I'm happy from this point forward. Okay, so like specific stories, you really don't care just as long as I, Dave Filoni's at the helm. I'm, I, I don't care if Dave Filoni's at the helm. I'm honestly excited for every project moving forward. The Kenobi series. Mm. Gosh. Like the, the showrunner mm. for the Kenobi series did like the best episode of The Mandalorian where all the Mandalorians came in and like saved the, Man- saved the Mandalorian and yeah, Baby yeah. Yoda. That She's the showrunner of the Kenobi series. Well, all right. Um, like the Cassian Andor uh, K2SO Rogue One prequel that's coming. <laughs> I, I, I love Stanley Tudyk in anything. Yes. That he's in. Alan Tudyk. Um, Alan, who am I thinking? Stanley Tucci. Yeah, yeah. Alan Tudyk. <laughs> hey, right. Different actor. Different actor. Yeah, very, very different. <laughs> um, I, on the publishing side of things, I'm really interested in this new High Republic era that they're doing mm-hmm. um tyler you um 
Tyler, have you been following that at all? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I'm 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 very excited. Uh, I failed to mention I I like what they've been doing in the gaming world too. Jedi Fallen Order yes. is part of canon and is Fantastic. phenomenal. Um, I, I'll leave it at that, and then I'll let Dallas kind of say what he wants. The High Republic era is like they're setting it 200 years before the events of the Phantom Menace. Ooh, yes, you were telling me this. Yes, 200 years before the events of the Phantom Menace. I think they're like testing the waters to see if this era could be well more developed and fleshed out. So it's far enough away where the Jedi aren't corrupt. You can see Jedi, kind of pure Jedi, yeah, um, doing their thing. A younger Yoda, you could see more Yoda mythology there because Yoda is still is still around when 900 year olds you reach um <laughs> and so like yoda's still around you see jedi doing jedi things and there's a wookiee with a purple lightsaber so i mean what more can you want from life <laughs> wait is is the is the wookiee a jedi the wookiee is a jedi oh <laughs> and so that's what the publishing era needs is just an, an era to themselves to just have fun yeah and just do crazy thing because the thing about the books now is that they're kind of side stories around movies like there's a whole book dedicated to captain phasma as a lead up to the last to the last jedi and it was a phenomenal book loved that book but it was but the last jedi very much disappointed me on captain phasma um but dallas where do you want to see things moving forward um Burn it all. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I I would like to see. I love the Mandalorian. I think that that gives you a lot of time to spend with either a character or a set of characters and flesh them out. Something that I feel like the last three movies maybe could have benefited from. Like they talked up Snoke so much, but he got ten minutes and he's dead. <laughs> so he didn't really seem like that big of a deal. But if you would have given him his own arc, maybe in a show or a book. Um, that would have made him a little bit more formidable. Uh, I like, I don't know, like, I like the Mandalorian, this old Western type trope that they're going with that. I would like to see more, maybe not necessarily specific characters, but maybe certain tropes like that done in the universe. Uh, the old, like, Rogue Squadron books were almost like Top Gun air force type things going on i'd like to maybe see something like that so you want a star uh, wars chick flicks sure why sorry not? top gun uh, is a chick flick yeah, there's a whole romance book with princess leia and <laughs> and han and another dude who was a prince a little love triangle thing it was a good book whatever <laughs> um but <laughs> the courtship of princess leia everybody yes it was fantastic it was <laughs> directly after return of the jedi that's that was the next one until they burned. Wasn't there like Alderaan a gaggle of Yodas in that book? They weren't Yodas, but they they would just make up random aliens, which is fantastic. It's Star Wars. There's a billion different aliens. <laughs> There's like one book where like Yoda is like talking to like a council of Yodas, and that's like the most Yodas we've ever seen Yoda. Like, yeah. I mean, there had to be a gaggle of Yodas at some point in time to create a baby Yoda. You know? <laughs> right? <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Now I'm picturing like a bunch of penguins, but they're all Yodas and that's how they live. <laughs> does, okay, but, does anybody else just, I mean, I know it has to happen because, you know, races have to really populate, but does anybody else just, 
like kind of sink back in their chair a little bit when you start to think about the implications of like Ray being Palpatine's granddaughter. I hate that. I hate it with well, everything in me. <laughs> or a certain uh, like it, and, and not even just Star Wars. Like Tyler, there was a there was a uh, uh, arc in Clone Wars where Jar Jar had a girlfriend, and that very much was like. Uh, <laughs> but it was it was made up for the fact that it was a Jar Jar Mace Windu tale, and it was hilarious. <laughs> well, and and I'm gonna completely own the fact that every single episode I'm gonna loop around to Harry Potter. <laughs> but um, there was there was very similar uh, odd implications in the Cursed Child. Oh uh, yes, Tyler, Tyler shaking his head. Cody knows what I mean. Oh god. Um, oh man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I I want to read the Rise of Skywalker book because from what I understand, yeah. it kind of goes more into Palpatine's post-Return of the Jedi origin. Like where, mm. where he's been, what he's been doing, like, you know, who the, who the grandchild <laughs> is. Because ultimately, and I, I hate the fact that this is, but this right here is one of my favorite books of all time. Audio this medium. Is the, this is the <laughs> Revenge of the Sith novelization from uh, okay. Matthew Staver. Yeah. Matthew Staver. This is such a good, well-written book. And this is such a good, well-written book. And it, it just brings to light and brings home the story that George Lucas may not have like perfectly encapsulated on screen, but this book just knocks it out of the park six ways to Sunday because yeah. you get to get to, get to see inside Anakin's head. So I would love to be able to get inside Kylo's head, Ray's head, like when they're being tempted, when, like when they're being tempted, when they're being drawn out or like maybe get a bit more in, insight as to what Han's force ghost was or what, like what Han Solo, what the Han Solo thing was in Rise of Skywalker yeah, because he didn't Just, have that kind of like transparent blue. Yeah, like, only Jedi could yeah, be yeah. Force Ghost. But what was that? Yeah, because you know Han very much played a role that Carrie Fisher probably would have played if Carrie Fisher had survived. That's true, yeah. and, and I, I will I will say I I do like to poke the bear and stir the pot with Star Wars, mm -hmm. um, but I. I <laughs> coming from a fandom who is also very divided right now. Um, I can see the concern, but I'm also optimistic. Like what you said with Dave Filoni kind of taking the reins of Star Wars going forward um, with the Fantastic Beast movies, especially you were telling me multiple times that it was becoming JK Rowling's prequel trilogy. Mm -hmm. Like she's like swimming in her pools of money just doing whatever she wants. And the studio's like, yes, please. We want to make more money off of Harry Potter. We don't care. But it is it is very encouraging to me that something similar is happening there with Steve Cloves coming on to screenwrite with her for the third one. It helps that in Fantastic Beasts, there are five movies instead of three movies. Yeah. Because by movie two, there are three more movies that you can, you, you can uh, like- Course correct. Course correct, yeah. yes. You can course correct here. Whereas Star Wars has a very set trilogy model True. in their story. So I, I don't know I don't know that I personally necessarily have any direction that I want to see Star Wars go in. Will I go to the movie theater and see it? Absolutely. Um and my uh, wife 
<laughs> she when she tells her favorite part of Star Wars, it's always a scene from Spaceballs. <laughs> that's that's how big of a Star Wars fan Star she Wars is. The Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell you that it, like each week she would ask when the Mandalorian was coming out. That so yeah. in in yeah, a yeah. complete Star Wars just by part like uh, <laughs> uh, and a, and someone who couldn't really care less about Star Wars, she was excited about it. And so I think that that he is going to breathe a lot of life into the series, and I'm excited about that. The Dave Filoni, Dave Filoni of all of them gets it. Like of all of the post Lucas era, gets Star Wars in the way that 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 George Lucas magic. But I think George Lucas got too much of an affinity towards digital technology. Mm-hmm. Whereas he has a bit, he's a bit more objective and was like, hey, there were some things about this puppet that worked. We'll still use CGI, we'll still advance CGI, and Clone Wars is an example of that. I would put season six and five, six, and seven of Clone Wars up there with Pixar. Hmm. Like (laughs) up there with Pixar in terms of animation quality. Yeah. Like George was just giving that show a blank check. Like he was just like, I'm having way too much fun with this. We're, we're, we're just going to, we're just going to make some great animation here and I don't care how much it costs. And so really the only reason why this season is 12 episodes is that Disney can't afford anymore. <laughs> like Disney can't afford any more than 12 season seven episodes because George was like, they probably looked at the books going, George, you spent how much? <laughs> Goodness, but, especially right now. Like, The Mandalorian, like, that was the show that I was least excited for. Um, that I was least excited for of the shows that were announced. And honestly, with that first episode, I was bored. But then Baby Yoda happened, and I'm like, Oh. <laughs> oh. So I, I'm going to bring this around the table. Um, favorite character. Who is your favorite character in the entire Star Wars saga? Dallas, go. Uh, probably off the top, Luke was was my original OG favorite character. But I really like the Mandalorian. I, I loved Boba Fett. And mm-hmm. in Legends, the Boba Fett books were fantastic because it it was a complete Star Wars story without the Force. So it was, okay. you know, it was the <clears throat> I really enjoyed that side of things. So it's a toss up between those two, probably. Okay, okay. So we'll we'll break this down as to like one Jedi and then one non Jedi character. Um, one one non Jedi character, Tyler. So. So, I've got a couple of Jedi's. I'm gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna mention okay. a couple. So, big fan of Obi Wan. When I started to fall in love with Star Wars, I could have really have used a strong mentor, and he was that. You know, when I felt like I needed one, and mm-hmm. so. And to me, he was the saving grace in um, episodes one through three for me. But I mean, no Alex, one complains about Yerlin McGregor's performance as Obi-Wan Kenobi. No. No, no, he was fantastic. They continued him into Clone Wars. 
the series and um, Sir Alex. You do know that's not Ewan McGregor, right? In Clone Wars. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I knew that. But I mean, the character but, was um, continued into the series. Yes. But I'm yes. also a huge fan of Kanan Jarrus. <sighs> you see, if, if, if we... It, 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 if we were um, like, if if you had a higher opinion of the prequels, we would be completely in sync here, because um, my two favorite Jedi are Obi Wan Kenobi and Kanan Jarrus, and my love for Obi Wan Kenobi, and there's a reason why I have my Matt Stover uh, Obi Wan Kenobi book out here. I'm going to ha- uh, dramatic. Reading. Oh gosh! Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me find it. Let me find it here. William, uh, you go while I look while while I look for it in the book. Uh, my, my okay. So it's a Jedi character and a non-Jedi character. Yes. Okay. Um, oddly enough, they both come from the sequel trilogy. Oh, <laughs> okay, okay. Um, go on. Ray Palpatine hyphen Skywalker. <laughs> yes, yes. And BB. <laughs> nice. And BB eight. And BB eight. I'll allow it. Yeah, BB. Dallas. <laughs> I just threw open my mouth. <laughs> okay, okay. Let me let me explain. I I felt like they were able to emote with BB-8. They were able to emote more with a droid that did not speak with BB-8 than they have been able to with any of the other droids so far. And I liked that. And there were several times that BB-8 kind of saved the day. Well, I mean, and you could argue there's several times that R2 has saved the day throughout the, the trilogy. No, I get but, it. Yeah, I get that. Um, I mean, ultimately, the, the story of episode one through six is R2 is the real hero of Star Wars. <laughs> right? Um, but the <laughs> the technologic, just the story behind that character, the technologic inva- advancement to actually realize that type of droid on screen, and the fact that the original sketch for R2-D2 was on a round body with a head, um, and it, my favorite scene of the entire thing was whenever he flipped out the lighter to give them a thumbs up. That just, oh, yes. I, even then, still thinking about that. But with Ray, it's a strong female character inside the Star Wars universe who, uh, in the end, like decides her own destiny and doesn't like give a rip what anybody else has said about her, picks what side she's going to be on. And at no point, it had to be put in a bikini to sell tickets. Agreed. She, she is Agreed. my favorite character in the last three. I felt like I, I can agree with that. This is a mountain of garbage around, around her saving. <laughs> yeah. and, and especially like, I, and I know Dallas, Dallas and Tyler, especially being like fathers of girls. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm slowly like vetting all of these like girl hero movies, and like not not necessarily brainwashing my child with it, but um, like I and, I want representations of strong female characters that are not dependent on men, that do not have to show skin to get ahead, and that have like power inside themselves. 
like after we saw Captain Marvel, I'm sorry, I thought that was a sublime movie. And I know that there's a lot of naysayers out there, but I haven't seen you, it at all. You haven't seen it? No. Like I, I watched left Endgame first. It's a great, great movie. And so then I was kind of confused and I feel like I missed the boat on it. So I, I left the movie theater seeing Captain Marvel, drove to Target and bought Genevieve. Genevieve was like 15 months old. I bought her a Captain <laughs> Marvel doll <laughs> because it was, um, anyway, I, I won't go any too like spoilery on it, but um, there was one scene where this like chauvinistic dude was like, you know, you'd get a little further ahead if you'd smile more. And um, she basically like steals his motorcycle and punches him and then like rides off. Like, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. There, I think there's a reason that movie came out on International Women's Day. Like Disney knew what they were doing. And oh, I think yeah. they, they knew what they were doing in making Ray the main character of this series. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it like, you know, it was right to make it a female character because we had two trilogies of two male protagonists. Yeah. Like it, it, it was it was time for a female one. Um like honestly, William, when she's old enough, Ahsoka Tano and Clone Wars will be another great one for Genevieve. Okay. Like another strong female character that comes into her own, wields two white lightsabers, and absolutely kicks butt and takes names okay uh, there's a yeah. pretty pretty strong ahsoka young adult novel as well yes yes ahsoka like ahsoka like basically was the forerunner to ray was the forerunner was the one that kind of primed the pump that star wars can be for girls too Mm, gotcha. Star Wars okay. that Star Wars that Star Wars could be for girls too that it doesn't ha- necessarily have to be you know a boys saga okay. that you're, she you're... like go ahead go on. sorry she she is like at the very beginning cuz i remember like i remember watching clone wars going you know that first clone wars movie going this is ridiculous this is stupid and then like I didn't watch it until years later until I saw the Palpatine Mall fight. And I'm just like, what what? What what? And then I went back and watched the series and that character starts as, as a little annoying, very childish, because she's 14 when the series started. Okay. And then she grows into her own by the end of it. And when her story arc finishes at the end of season five, or granted it's being picked up by picked up right now, um, you're crying as she's leaving. I think she is one of the best well-written character developed characters in Star Wars is Ahsoka Tano because it's the television medium. They were able to afford that. And they could develop Um, the character a little more. Yeah. Well, you, you are waving a Star Wars book around like a Baptist preacher. Let's get this done. (laughs) (laughs) Preach. So a, uh, a word from the gospel of revenge of yeah, the uh, no 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 we ain't going there we ain't going there just, <laughs> okay just, just, just read your book uh, episode three <laughs> verse 18 this is obi-wan kenobi a phenomenal pl- pilot who doesn't like to fly a devastating warrior who would rather not fight a negotiator without peer who frankly prefers to sit alone in a quiet cave and meditate jedi master general in the Grand Army of the Republic, member of the Jedi Council, and yet from he feels like he's none of these things. Inside, he still feels like a Padawan. 
It is a truism of the Jedi or order that a Jedi Knight's education truly begins only when he becomes a master, that everything important about being a master is learned from one student. Obi-Wan feels that way, that truth every day. He sometimes dreams of when he was a Padawan. In fact, as well as, well as feeling, he dreams that his own master, Qui-Gon Jinn, did not die at the plasma-fueled generator core in feed. He dreams that his master's wide, skiding hand is still with them. But Qui-Gon's death is an old pain, one with which he long ago comes to terms. A Jedi does not cling to the past. And Obi-Wan knows, too, that to have lived his life without being master to Anakin Skywalker, he would have left him a different man, a lesser man. Anakin has taught him so much. I'm getting goosebumps just reading that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like and that encapsulated for me why Obi-Wan Kenobi is my favorite character why just you know the character that just gives all to the jedi order gives all to his ideals even when his own order dies he still follows the will of the force still lives his life and literally in a place i would consider to be hell um because if i had to live on tatooine i mean i would assume that i died and went to hell um (laughs) <laughs> he he spends 20 years on Tatooine protecting Luke Skywalker, training Anakin Skywalker. He never loses faith when everything falls falls to the wayside. When everything falls to the way, um, wayside. And then, um, okay, and, um, and it's just, he's my favorite character. That's all I can, that, that's, that's all I can really say. But I also love Kanan Jarrus. Kane and Jarrus as well. Cowboy Jedi. Basically, Han Solo meets Jedi. Can't go wrong with that. Gotcha. I'll take it. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think ending on that just fantastic, but wonderful, like brilliantly performed ode to Obi-Wan <laughs> Kenobi. <laughs> that, that's probably a, um, a good place to hang up. Plus, they're getting ready to close this place. Was that was that playing into your bar analogy? Good. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But um, guys, this was great. This was so much fun. Um, I can about guarantee if you will have us, and if you've enjoyed this, that um, there's some other topics that we can broach uh, as as a uh, crowd here. So um, I think I'm gonna head out, and um, I can't wait to talk to you guys again. This is great. It's, uh, for sure. This is, this is the way. <laughs> I have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> May the force be with you. Always. Always. <laughs>